0: supply chain community a warm welcome to our podcast number nine today it's more a technical aspect it seems to be a more technical aspect because we are talking about composable app and i'm delighted to welcome um, Torsten Wüst, um to our uh podcast today andy as usual i hand over to you for moderation thank you Charles.
1: um so before before we introduce uh, Torsten in particular, let, let's let's first um, kind of start where why why we think this is a very important topic. So the last year, 2020, uh, a recent survey of, of 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 the year found that 96% of IT leaders have found that there's an increased demand in applications and and and, and benefits for business processes at the same time basically they've also found that that is hardly supported by by the existing uh, applications and now we find that that Gartner is talking a lot about composable apps but it, it seems that that is not at a at a very tangible point so we thought we invite Thorsten Wüst associate professor for smart manufacturing at the West Virginia University's let me read this. Benjamin M. Stetler, College of Engineering and Mineral Resources of the Industrial and Management Systems Engineering Department. And among many other um, um, publications, he also wrote, uh, co-authored the book of 2020 on digital supply networks. And we're very happy to have him here to kind of give us his insights between academia and application. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you awesome. Thorsten. Welcome here. To be here. And let us kind of, First, prepare a bit on the uh, the groundwork. So, if you, if you look about digitalization in manufacturing enterprises, um, what is what is the current state, and and where where do composable apps fit in in that respect?
2: That's a a straightforward question and a difficult answer to give, I guess. Um, I guess the, the manufacturing industry in the US uh, in particular, but also globally, has been digitized quite a bit. Um, what does that mean? That, that varies a lot. Uh, the small company next door oftentimes still operates as they operated four years before. They might have li- different pockets of digitized, pro- uh, like diff- diff- digitized processes, like CNC milling is now kind of standard, right? So that is a digitized process but uh, when we talk about uh, a more integrated digitized manufacturing as we envision it and there's a lot of the larger companies are trying to to achieve or some claim to have achieved it um we are, we're still we still have a way to go um in in that digitized vision and uh, in germany i know you uh, it's it's called industry 4.0 here in the us it's more uh, called smart manufacturing um It not only focuses on the shop floor, but on the on the bigger picture where manufacturing is involved. So this uh, this end to end uh, title of of this podcast is a very good uh, good description of that, because I believe that is the the vision of digital manufacturing. And I think we're not there yet, but the most important hurdle, I think, has been overcome. Everybody recognizes that it's a, a goal that should be achieved. So now it's just a simple question of how to
1: get there. Very good. That, that that sounds like a very simple solution. And you you immediately pointed at the at, at, at the area that that we're looking at because we're not just looking at manufacturing, but more on the inter-organizational aspect of of the supply chain. Which of course, then when you look a bit closer, is is, is really that uh, organization across boundaries across the the famous silos. Um, so let me let me kind of dig a bit deeper with, with you, Torsten. What is the benefit that composable apps would bring in that respect?
2: Well, I guess it's the interoperability aspect that has been taunted for for a long time that that could come to fruition and engage also with uh, scalability and adaptability. Because when we think of, of integration across silos, the logical solution would be, hey, we build one dedicated system that integrates everything. Sounds good, but we know that that uh, organizations, especially when they are larger and supply chains, they, they change. There's risk involved. There's disruption. We, we just witnessed that last year quite painfully and are still mm-hmm. witnessing it. Okay. Um, and uh, a monolithic system is very, like a big ship. It's very hard to steer, right? When you have a, a group of agile uh, individual apps that you could, you know, exchange with a different container, uh, but still communicate or uh, uh, Extend like adding additional pieces, and still can exchange data and be um, be, be certified in that sense, like reliable uh, and reduce the risk. Um, that would would really help to uh, convince a lot of people to invest in that, because you could start smaller and you know you're not you're not stuck, you're not locked in, but you have that flexibility to grow, to shrink if possible, or to just
1: change course really quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. In theory, at
1: least. In <laughs> the theory. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe, maybe from a practical side, Klaus, maybe you could, could share with us some of the uh, particular aspects that that composable apps could could address in a, from a, more from a supply chain context as well.
0: <clears throat> I'm happy to do so. Um, so no contradiction to what what Torsten just said, and I think this this. Um, this kind of, um, of, of, of extremes on the one hand, um, really monolithic systems, um, and on the other hand, um, um, composable apps. I think this is this is um, um, laying the, the ground pretty well um, in order to explain it. Um, supply chain from a supply chain, from an end-to-end supply chain perspective, um, and I consider manufacturing to some extent, of course, a, a stakeholder, a contributor, a party in, in an end-to-end supply chain since it's producing and delivering, um, um, is very, very, very broad. There are many different elements. Um, there's of course the typical SNOP um, sales and operations planning, which might be the kind of core of any any supply chain decision-making processes. But there are also questions like um, like network optimization, like parameterization, like execution visibility, um, manufacturing execution systems, delivering signals from the grounds, from the shop floors, Um, That need to be received. Um, And it's hard to imagine that there's a one-size-fits-all monolith that covers all these areas um, in in the best way possible. This does not exist, and it will never exist. So the world turns more, probably again, towards a kind of -of best-of-breed approach, because all those aspects are very important, are crucially important, if you want to set up Um, um, uh, a best-in-class supply chain. And you don't want to make compromises um, um, choosing one monolith that is probably strong in one specific area but very weak in others. Um, So best-of-breed is is something that is definitely determining the way forward. And um, this best-of-breed needs to be composed because all these Functions and also supply chain is not one um, kind of holistic, entire um, 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 organizational element, but it's split into many functions as well. So, also in supply chain, we do have cross functional challenges. The processes go cross function, and as the processes go cross function, the functions being supported with function specific systems, the processes need to go cross system. And this is where composability, at least as a vision, comes into play. Um because this is going to um, probably facilitate or simplify um this um this challenge to orchestrate processes um from an end-to-end perspective across silos, especially also across technologies and different systems. I think this is the challenge.
1: I think that 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 vision vision to reality, that, that's a, that's a very good point. And I would like to to to, to bring this to you, Thorsten. Um the, in our previous conversations, we talked quite a bit that the NIST is already looking for for I think several years into workshops to, to really bring this into fruition. How could that be accelerated to really bring the composable apps from a vision into the reality
2: well that's that's a good question um, I, I don't have an answer on how that can be accelerated because I think they're they're doing a, a good job in, in raising awareness and trying to figure mm-hmm. out the real problem behind it, because that is still when we understand the problem fully, the solution should come easy, right? And we're still in right. that, or in my opinion, we're still in that, that problem understanding phase, because it is not a, a simple tech, simple technical problem, but a, a multifaceted technical organizational human problem, right? Mm-hmm. A trust mm-hmm. problem. Um, and uh, the, the NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology here is, is a leader in that uh, that space. Uh, for a good reason because composable apps would require standards to for data exchange for for certification. Um, now this blockchain being so so omnipresent in the media, that is one vehicle that is that is looked at to to see if we can we can take the trust between people between organizations to you know a trustless um, uh, entity that that would not require that, which would really help um, with this composability in my 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 view. The other aspect is, I think it's just to add to what Klaus said, which I fully agree with, is this does not mean that there will be no SAP or or any uh, mind sphere or so in the future. I think this is to to integrate those with smaller players, with uh, innovators like university labs that develop uh, a a good scheduling algorithm for industry X. And all of a sudden that could be uh, plugged in with, with SAP, with another smaller solution to build something new, to build something unique, without having to building it from scratch and i think this would be really a revolution that that empowers um especially smaller medium sized manufacturers that might not have the the dedicated uh, it uh, or industry 4.0 team that that focuses on developing that because most of the plumbing most of the the 80% work that is busy work would be would have been done and it's mainly the integration and the adaptation to your own process phase that that would be left to the the user and i think that would really be a, a revolutionary uh change in 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 uh, accessibility to these tools
1: right right and and um maybe to to this i think it's very very comprehensive overview already um Charles, would would there be anything anything particular you would you would add in terms of uh, other success factors to to really harness that power of the composable apps.
0: Um, yeah, one point I would like to make this business building on, on what Torsten just said. You were um, um, pointing out the necessity to have a kind of, of technical backbone, a, a standard um, that, that kind of determine, de- determines the way how composable apps are collaborating um, and, and interoperating. I think there's a second element um, that also has the character of this of, of, of such a backbone and is non-technical. And this is that I truly think that the process, the business process, is needs to be considered as, as the backbone. So it's not just orchestrating apps in order to work together, the purpose. Is always to to make these apps collaborating in a way that it support I and mean, that it supports an individual business process. And this topic of process um, um, orchestration, workflow orchestration, in line with technological application orchestration, this is going to be the challenge. And, um, um, and knowing what we are what we are doing right now um, as as MSE Solutions. Um, I, I would at least um, um, kind of raise the expectation that there are um, intermediate steps um, um, that already facilitate this this orchestration, this cross um, silo and cross uh, system orchestration, even um, um, in the time where we are to- today where we do not yet have a full blown um, uh, a um composability um, yet in place. But I think composability is, Pointing us in, in into the right direction, we just um, always need to need to need to raise the question why, in order to make it purposeful and to understand what this technology is about and what it's supposed to be, to deliver. Because at the end of the day, technology is just the means to an end, and the end is the value that the process drives.
2: And I think um, just to, to chime in here, I, I again couldn't agree more because I guess the, the subtitle of our book actually it says like reimagine your processes and then use disruptive technology. Because it, we learned in a lot of projects, a lot of companies think they throw technology at their processes and it will improve. It might be a little bit, but mm-hmm. when you improve a crappy process, you have a crappy digital <laughs> process, right? <laughs> like it's, uh, that, that does yeah. not, not really help much uh, in that, yeah. in that uh, yeah. sense. And the other, maybe the other um, aspect to to what you mentioned here with the composability and the, the business process itself, um, I believe um, these these composable apps, when they um, are are entered in the marketplace, that is another challenge that we have yet to understand and overcome. Um, In one of the workshops, an interesting conversation we had, and it was really a a heated discussion because we had representation of academic institutions, institutes, uh, small and medium-sized manufacturers, uh, service providers, and large OEMs, right? And uh, especially large OEMs said like, yeah, every app that we would compose in our in our system IRT system needs to be certified we need to know that there's no leak that it's trusted that there has certification and that the the university institute said like well then you will not get any freeware open source really innovative systems from a phd project or so because the certification first of all takes expertise money resources and a lot of time so the time to market would again lead to to the big players that that have that that process in place to certify their apps so that is a, a, a conflict and both could not be in the same ecosystem because weakest link when you have a, an app that that might not be secure, but it's in it composed in your bigger, bigger infrastructure that might be that weakest link and we see that at our homes with all the, you know, IoT plugs and lamps and whatever when we order them on on ebay and amazon and don't really know what this company is and does and we still type in our password right
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah is a is a, a perfect perfect deliberation on, on, on what you said before And basically if I, if I if i may summarize or try to summarize the the the, the full scope it's really as you said it, it's not a it's not a technical problem just a technical problem it's a it's a much bigger problem political aspects across organizations um really business process issues of of what should the technology actually do and and then of course it it, it's not just the um and then of course the the whole uh, data infrastructure behind it um but I, I I would like to, to really emphasize that that positive note you had. Once you understand all the problems, then, then the solution is very fast. So I oh no, no,
2: <laughs> I, I'm extremely positive in that sense. Uh, I guess uh, that that might have come across uh, too negative, but I think th- these are opportunities. But when when we figure that out, this will really accelerate and really create a tremendous value for for both. App providers consultants like yourself that, that could provide different apps for their expertise you know and then then scale that beyond the, the manpower you have at your disposal of, of qualified experts um, I, I'm extremely excited about that uh, so I think we will overcome that in the near future it's just something we when we forget to, to think about these challenges and we move too fast in ignoring them that will set us back much more than when we openly discuss it and and be be mindful about that because there are solutions already to say like yeah some apps might just consume certain types of data but they cannot enter the network that is Mm -hmm. possible already you can you can do that it's just you have to be mindful about that in our homes well then they might turn on the light and turn off the light but on the shop floor that has different implications right so that's right uh, very much
1: yeah so um before we finish the recording, and please please stay stay on the on, on the call, Torsten. Um, so we have um, a couple of equally uh, interesting conversation partners moving forward, and I'm, I'm, I'm thank you very much for for joining us for today, for giving us that that comprehensive overview um, was was very valuable, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, absolutely, and
0: I will I will I will um, I will uh, definitely quote you on throwing technology at crappy processes, still resulting crappy processes. I I yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> I can carry that quote also with a more you know more direct
2: word instead of crappy, which I normally use, but I didn't want to use no, that not, on the, not during the
1: recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for today. Thank, thank, you, so much, thank, much. So thank you so much. Pleasure.